The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back to the Tuesday episode of Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, the hairiest Sasquatch on the planet, Tammy. The Sasquatch Underwood. Say, grr, Tam. Hi, everybody. Why are you that saying that? That was weak. No. Hi, everybody. No. That's even worse. Wait, wait, wait. Let me Christ. do Alaska from uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Hi. Oh, that makes my butthole And bleed. then when she'd say goodbye, she'd go, bye. I love Alaska. Yeah, Not as much fair. as like, like Jujubee and um, Got Mick, but yeah. Everything you said right now just made my butthole bleed. I'm just letting you know that. Well, I'm, I'm suffering it, from it anal leakage. It would if you, you know, got with one of them. Ew. Really? Not my deal, Leo. Anyway, you gave me a weird one. Girl in the box. Yeah. Is that like Jack in the box? No. This one is, whoa. I was like, whoa. Then I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then we were like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one kind of has a tie to Oregon. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um. And, you know, we, everybody hears stories about, you know, human trafficking and sex slaves and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one kind of falls along that line. Um, Look, number one, my sex slaves, it was all play. I didn't get a felony or nothing from that. And they all left my place safely. I'm just saying. What did you just say? Oh, not about me. Okay, no. Continue. (laughs) Yeah, it's not all about you today, Scott. Not all about you. Oh, I love it when they spank me. I know you do. So, anyways, this this part I'm going to hate saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. The two people involved were Cameron. They were a married couple. Cameron and Janice, and their last name was Hooker. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. That's a show, boys and girls, because yeah. that right there, that's a whole show. Yeah. You would think they were the ones victimized, but no, the hookers victimized somebody else. God damn. Oh, my God. You know what? It's about time, right? When hookers attack. Next on Fox. Next on Brutal Nation. (laughs) Well, anyways, when we're looking into the uh, early life and childhood of this couple, um, there was a little bit of information on Cameron, but very little on Janice. Oh, she's a hooker, so what do you expect? No, <laughs> she married a hooker. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Get, That's how she got the you last name You know what? Hooker. You get that Cameron hooker off the street, Janice. That's fucking awesome. That's mighty, mighty wide of you. <laughs> I hate you. So, anyways, Cameron was born in Alturas, California. I know where that is. Really? Where? Uh, kind of central California. Okay, give Ish. me a roundabout. I'm, I'm th- if I remember, it's like towards like Stockton or Fresno, oh, like okay. in that in that kind of area, Central California. Now I know, kind of a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, so he was born on November fifth, nineteen fifty three. Um. When he was a child, his family moved around often, um, and they didn't settle in the Red Bluff area until nineteen sixty nine. Oh, Red Bluff is actually uh, uh, Reading. Oh. It's just, it's right next door to Redding. Oh, oh, that's like up here. Yeah, it's Northern California. Yeah, that's where the redwoods are. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong about Alturas. No, but I, I'm, think, I was pretty I sure. I think you might be right because it, you know, they like talk about moving around. But uh, because he was born in Alturas and then they moved around and settled in Red Bluff. That's what I'm saying. 
So I'm not, I don't think they're close. What are you doing over there? I was doing distance. Are you getting your ass all over the goddamn seat, like your scent or something? No, I was like, <laughs> what if I told you about telling people I'm smelly, bitch? I just took a shower this I'm just morning. saying. Just because my hair's all out of whack. I'm just saying what we don't need is the air freshener that smells like ass and, uh, and, and a tuna cannery. Then why is your son sitting on your couch? He's not even paying attention to me. <laughs> He's just like eating his Cheerios. <laughs> He's eating his Fruit Loop. Nothing. <laughs> I was making funny and yeah, totally gone. Yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> so, anyways, um, they settled in the Red Bluff area in 1969, and he was 16 years old. 69. I knew I was, you were going to say that. So, in 1972, he graduated from high school and started working at a local lumber mill. Um, the following year, 1973, is when he met Janice, and when he met her, um, let's see, so he graduated, um, in 72, so he was about 18, he was 19 in 73, and she was 15. So, if he was working at the lumber mill, did he give her the wood? Just ask him. Ooh, you. did she give him wood? Anyways, so when he met Janice, she was only 15. However, she came from a very abusive family, and she had no really, like, close relationships with anybody until she met him. So as a result of that, she was very submissive. But then we've seen that before. Correct. You know, and she offered no resistance. She didn't even fight him when he called her a whore and introduced her to bondage and sadomasochism. And there was... I want to put a kibosh to that right there because it makes it sound like she was forced into it. And honestly, there's there's some chicks that... That's there the, are, that's but and guys see, too, right? But they so, uh, the research we did made it sound like it was like she didn't like it because you'll get I'll get into something here in a minute, but it's like she didn't like it, but she didn't fight it. She didn't let him know. You know what I mean? Okay, I, 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 she I, didn't protest at all. I just give my opinion on that only because. Oh no! BDSM, I like being called a dirty whore when I'm having sex. BDSM has been given such a horrible oh, yeah. stigma by those who don't understand what BDSM right. is. Right, but there's guidelines. Yeah, there's guidelines. There's a whole bunch, and that's just hey, look. Okay, number one, if you're out there listening to me right now and you're like, oh my god, he's talking about BDSM. He's a sick motherfucker, dude. Everybody has their own weird kink. Even if you're just into vanilla sex, that's a kink. Okay, so don't judge me. And I won't judge you. Hey, for all I know, you might like having a fist up your butthole. I don't know. And you know what? None of my fucking business. But don't judge Scott me. Scott likes it too. Oh, you're a sick bitch. But don't judge <laughs> no, me. Uh, ask for some Sundays. We because talk about it. I'm into some weird shit. Everybody's no. got fucking kink. Yeah, but that's not ju- that's not all. I mean, there is such a thing. I mean, BDSM can be good. You know, because it's pleasurable to both people. If you follow the guidelines. Right. And, well, And my other thing is that, you know... People think that BDSM is all whips and chains. And no. It's not, no, it's not. Fuck. It's not erotic asphyxiation. It's not all. I mean, yes, it can include that. Yes. But it isn't all that. Right. You know, BDSM can be just spanking my ass. Right. To I an just, extent. I just, you know, I always try to throw that out there as often as I can for the people who are uneducated about what BDSM yeah. is. No. Well, and I agree with you. It's like, because so many, there's so many things about, and it's, it's our culture. It's the American culture. There are so many aspects when it comes to sex that 
a lot of it is taboo to people. Correct. But Correct. Like I said, that's our American culture. We are raised to believe that there's shame in our bodies. Or, or even worse is people think that those of us who are into BDSM, that it's every time we have sex, and that's not the case at no. fucking all. Not at all. No, there's, I mean, no, not at all. I mean, every once in a while, yeah, but it's not like, I mean, there are some people that do like it all the time. But you know what? It's to each his own. Yeah, and that, as that's As long my as thing. you're two consenting adults and nobody's getting hurt, mm-hmm. who gives a shit what you do? That's that's my whole thing, you know. And I've said this about you know people who are gay and lesbian. Yeah, and, and what you LBGDQ, do in your own house or whatever is your business. You know the the LBGDQ ABC community, <laughs> whatever they call the gay people. Um, you know, it, I, I don't judge, man. Like seriously, if you're a dude and you want to blow another dude, that's your business. This is none yeah. of mine, man. Just don't do it totally. on my couch or on my bed. Well, you know. Um, oh, just kidding. You're a sick fuck. Yeah. So yeah, everybody's got their deal. Anyway, what do you go think ahead. I did the other day when I was here by myself with my son. What the fuck? I was wrong here with by you? myself. Uh huh. Sure, that's what you say now. You watched him walk in the door that night, you dumbass. I watched him walk out the back door and come in the front door. He didn't think I saw him sneaking out, but okay, yeah, whatever, whatever. dude. Just because he's not saying no doesn't mean I said yes. <laughs> hey, you never know, man. <laughs> anyway, cougar, shut up. So there was even a time that he almost drowned her during one of their sex sessions. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay, okay. Look here, hookers. That's going a little too far. There's a thing. It's called a safe word. And if you're not using a safe word, you're a fucking idiot. Mine's unicorn farts. Just kidding. And don't, yeah, no, seriously, when, when it comes to anything BDSM related, you need a fucking safe word. Yeah, and you need to trust the person you're with. That's the big thing about BDSM is you have to trust. Yeah, their trust is a huge factor. Huge factor. Um, so anyways, uh, his favorite game was to hang her by her wrists while she's completely naked, almost like Poughkeepsie tapes. Oh, dang. And while she's completely naked, and then take a bullwhip and whip her. I actually know a friend of mine that lives on the East Coast. That likes to be whipped with a bullwhip? Yes. He or she? She. Oh, wow. That's kind of painful. Very extreme That's bondage. like putting a bunch of like welts and shit i mean they can go yeah. scarring and everything oh yeah no and and apparently that's her deal that's what she fucking loves you we know just, what we were talking about that one day and i've never slept with her by the way she's uh-huh. not like, no, whatever she's not dude you've slept with so many people i don't even believe you anymore yeah, she's not one of the ones i've slept with um and that came up I'm like, god damn like i'm fucking in pain just thinking about that shit your dog has the hiccups yeah she probably does it was funny she, she was sleeps going, with jake <laughs> Huh? She sleeps with Jake. <laughs> Shut up, Tammy. They call that doggy style. <laughs> Anyways, my mommy said if I don't, don't have anything nice to say, not to say anything at all. So I frequently tell myself, Shut up, Tammy. <laughs> Anyways, so the hookers married <laughs> on June 18th, 1970, January 18th, 1975. Hey, right before my birthday. This is going to be a great episode with the hookers. Yeah. At which time Cameron had already told Janice that. He was planning on abducting somebody to force this person into sexual slavery. He was going to do a Gallegos wow. and yeah. keep them instead of murdering them. Holy shit, um, Because man. he wanted to have a menage a trois. Okay, here's another little Yeah, you don't have to induct somebody to have a threesome. Y'all, there's these things out there when it comes to women, they're called unicorns. And they are all for having a three-way 
with you and your old man or your old lady. They're more than willing. That's their deal. That's their kink. You know what you don't have to do, although they're hard to find? You don't have to abduct a motherfucker. You just got to find one. And guess what? If you find one, they agree. It's fucking legal. You know what? I Idiots. think that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. You could just call me a unicorn. I'm going to go drink bleach now. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. I've had it. Where the fuck is one of our medical serial killers when I need him? Come on. Yeah, well. Strychnine and, and, and rat poison, uh, arsenic are looking pretty fucking good right now. You need right to now. go down and see signs down in Texas. Yes. She'll give you the bleach. Anyways, so um, at some, it says at some unspecified moment, they couldn't exactly tell when, uh, Janice um, managed to get two conditions out of her husband before she had le- before she agreed to letting him do this. A new purse and my, ha- my nails done because they look terrible. Right. Just terrible. Well, and this is where I'm going to get into the fact that I don't think she was very compliant in the beginning is number one, he was not allowed to whip her anymore. He could only whip the sex slave. Okay. Fair enough. And number two, um, well, she wanted that to have, uh, she wanted that main a lot because she wanted to get pregnant and have children and she didn't want to put them in risk. Okay. 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 Fair enough. The second condition was he was only allowed to have penetrator sex with her. He couldn't have all the BDSM shit with her anymore. Okay. All right. No, that's so that kind of tells me she wasn't like into the kink. Yeah, into the kink like he was. So on January thirty first of nineteen seventy six, the following year, um, they spotted their first victim. It was nineteen year old Marie Elizabeth Spanicky. S P A N N H A K E. I thought you said spank me. No, I, that's exactly what I was thinking when I read it. And I'm like, no, I got to say this right. Because I almost said spank me, but whatever. Anyway, they picked her up as she was leaving uh, a swap meet down in Chico. Hey, man, I miss swap meets, man. That's the only thing I miss from California swap meets. There's one in Hillsborough. Get the fuck out. Yeah, it's usually open a lot on the weekends, especially during the summer. Yeah. It's M&M, M&M is what it's called. I'm going to take your mom to the swap meet. It's behind Winco over there. Shut up. I hate you. What? That's a good date. They're really good. Sex toys? Cacahuates de japonese and um, chicharrones. Sweet. I know, huh? Anyways, um, where was I? So, Spanaki had just had a fight with her boyfriend. And she said, you know what? Fuck you. I'm walking home. Which... That happened to what's her name? Ackroyd. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, you and I both looked at each other. Because they were at the uh, that that rodeo in Sisters, right, Oregon, and they got into that fight. And yeah, and she's all like, "Fuck you! I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going home." And it was like a three hour drive. Yeah, so she caught a ride with Ackroyd. With Ackroyd, and that's where she yeah. got raped and almost killed. Because he didn't have the turny down things. Yeah, didn't yeah. have the like she, she said the turn down. If she and, wouldn't have shown him compassion. I mean, that fake compassion yes. and everything, I believe he would have killed her. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. She would have been nothing but a pile of bones when they found her. Yeah, which like is why I victims. think that um, the last intended victim of Bobby Joe Long survived. You know, first of all, I think she survived because he realized she wasn't a prostitute. And second of all, because she started, you know, she didn't really cry and beg for her life or Correct. anything like that. Um, so anyways, they picked her up in their blue Dodge Colt and gave her a ride. But when she tried to get out of the car, he pulled her back in and they sped off. 
Um, like Batman. Yeah. Spider-Man. So they smuggled her inside. When they got to their house, they smuggled her inside and took her down to the basement right away. And that's where he stripped her naked, hung her up by her wrist by those things, and suspended her from hooks in the ceiling. Oh. Um, he then whipped her repeatedly with this bullwhip for many hours. And however, they only kept her for a day or two um, before Cameron decided to shoot her in the stomach with a pellet gun. And then he strangled her to death. What the fuck? Okay, number one, Cameron, dude, strangle her to death. That's fine. Why shoot her with a pellet gun? Like, for real? Yeah. Don't well, be a fucking talk. I was going to say, it depends on the pellet gun. Your pellet gun will hurt. Uh, well, mine it, wouldn't. It, it will break the skin. It will definitely yeah, embed itself. Yeah, mine just leaves but still, man, that's a fucking dick move. Okay, number one, Cameron, you're already an asshole. Yeah. Okay? You already whipped her with a bullwhip for hours. Fucking chill out on your assholeness, you fucking piece of garbage. No shit. No, I'm gets, all bitchy today It now. gets worse. But anyways, um, then they took her and buried her at Laysen Volcanic Park, but the police have never been able to find her remains. To this day, her family is in denial and chooses to believe she's still alive in somewhere because to them it's less painful than thinking she's been murdered. Makes sense. Which I kind of see, but I don't know if I could hold on to that hope. You know what I mean? Because that's like, it's hard. So a year, a, a little over a year later on May 19th, 1977, um, Cameron and Janice actually saw 20-year-old Colleen Stan. She was hitchhiking on the highway. Now, for people who are going to get upset because she was hitchhiking, it was in the 70s. They all did it. I did it yeah. in the 90s, you know? Yeah, she was actually looking for customers in the 90s because she was a hooker, but not like these hookers, but a I different said, kind of hooker. I said, no, I have never been a hooker. Dumb oh, I'm sorry. I've never uh, been a prostitute either. Professional... I've never been a call girl. I've never been an escort. I have Uh never sold my body for money. Oh, so you just give it away for free. Okay. Depends on who you are. If you ask me nicely and spank my butt and call me Charlie. 10,000 guys can't be wrong, I guess. Anyway, continue along. I hate you. Chicken rancher. So anyways, Colleen was actually, she actually lived in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, okay. Yeah. um, And she... Uh, was on her way to go see her friend down in Westwood, California for her friend's birthday. Um, then her car wouldn't start. So she said, you know what? Fuck it. Let me thumb it. Um, so she was an experienced hitchhiker. So it was because it was a normal thing back then. And she was always careful, careful about who she accepted rides from. So when, and Cameron was 23 at this time and his wife was 19 and she had already had their first baby. So when he, she saw Cameron and Janice, and Janice was holding the couple's 18-month-old daughter on her lap, which back then, that was okay, too. Um, when they pulled over, she thought, you know what? They're a nice, safe couple. You know, two people with a child, they got to be safe, right? Yeah, you would think. Yeah, well, nope. So It makes for a good ruse, though. It does. You, you have it to really it does. Like, on a... On a psychological level, you got to think of it like fishing. Mm-hmm. So if you're going out for bass, let's just say, and you just throw a plain hook in the water, well, a bass going to look at it and go, oh, hey, you know what? Nice and shiny, but not for me. That's a fucking hook. That's what the hell that is. That's danger. That's, 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 a, that's a danger ouch-ouch. 
Mm-hmm. But you put a worm on that hook. I know. And they're like, hmm, that looks pretty fucking good. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to. That look, worm looks tasty. Yeah, I can trust that. That's just a worm. That's what they did. They put the kid on their, on the lap. and Yeah. Uh, no. Well, and I know this, um, it's based off of a true guy. And I can't remember who it is because I want to find out who it is. But on Criminal Minds, they had this guy who actually sent his like five, six year old son to learn the women. They would go, to, yeah, the son would talk to him and say, I'm lost, can you help me find my daddy? And then the son would be like, this is the last place I saw him, and then took him off somewhere, and the dad would kidnap him. So, you know, people use it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so they drove around for about half an hour or so, and uh, Cameron and Janice kept asking her all sorts of different questions about where she was going, where she was from, who was expecting her, you know. Um, then they stopped at a gas station to gas up. Um, as Cameron pumped the gas, Janice went inside to pay for it. And Colleen said, you know what? I'm going to go use the bathroom. Now, later when she was interviewed, she said at that time, she vividly remembers that a small voice inside her, like her gut feeling was telling her, jump out the bathroom window, get the fuck away. Right. Um, but she ultimately said, you know what? I'm just being paranoid, whatever, you know, it's not a big deal. I'm going to go. And so she got back in the car and she said that that is a decision she will regret for the rest of her life, you know? So when she got back in the car, she noticed that all of a sudden there was a wooden box in the back seat that Mm -hmm. hadn't been there before when she got out. Right. He's playing with the, he's playing with the, uh, the hooker's box. No. <laughs> Anyways, she did think it was kind of odd, but she's like, you know what? Whatever. Not a big deal. Um, so they drove around a little bit longer and they told her that they wanted to check out some ice caves along the way. She thought that was kind of odd again, but she's like, you know what? Whatever. They know what they're doing. Okay. Whatever. Um, so they turned off on a dirt road and eventually stopped by a creek. Um Finally, you said a southern word right. Dude, I, I always say it that way. My son gets mad at me. I go, no, it has always been a crick. And I'm going to interrupt this show for today's... Oh, shit. Here we go. Southern word of the day. I've been waiting for one. You haven't sent me one for a while. Today's southern word is mayonnaise. Let me use it in a sentence. Okay. Mayonnaise a lot of people out there today. <laughs> mayonnaise. I need to write these down. <laughs> because you know what I'm getting a headache You had China last time That's right You should sleep I'm China But you keep on yapping You keep on yapping In your sleep In your sleep you Sasquatch <laughs> <coughs> Anyways So they stopped by this creek And Janice got out of the car And took the baby down by the water Okay Please tell me they drowned the baby I just don't like kids. I know you don't. Especially after listening to the Brats Next Door yell. Yeah. I'm just so, I'm so anti-child right now. <laughs> it's not even funny how anti-child I can tell, I am. you big old freaking meanie. <laughs> so anyways, Colleen was confused as to, she didn't know where they were. And then she looked around and realized, where the fuck did Cameron go? Um, because apparently he had gone missing. I mean, he had, as soon as he got out of the vehicle, she didn't know where he went. Maybe he went around the corner to take a piss. Yeah, well, all of a sudden... It's happened to me. He yanked... He, like, snuck up behind the car and yanked open the door and held a knife to her throat. He said, are you going to do what I say? 
And she just kind of like moaned, yes. Um, and then he bound her wrists and ankles, blindfolded her, opened up the box. And what they, <clears throat> what they found out, what she found out is that there was a box inside of a box. And this box um, had hinges to close it around what looked like a spot cut out for someone's neck. Oh, my God. Put away your moose horns. I'm not a moose. <laughs> Anyways. So it, so it was like this square box that they put over her head and everything. And there's a place for her neck. And this became known as the head box. So is it, it's almost like a eyeless face or uh, mouthless. It's noseless. like a sensory deprivation. Yeah. 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 Kind of like a, a, a weird version of a gimp mask. But yeah, kind of. It's a box. Kind of. Okay, yeah. yeah. I dig. Yeah. So um, he locked her head inside. And which was, you know, sensory deprivation, deprivation. She had no sensory input for her. It was insulated. So no one would ever hear her scream while it was on. And the box weighed approximately 20 pounds. So she wouldn't even be able to run with it on. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So he did his homework. Um, Then they drove back. The couple drove back to their house on Oak Street in Red Bluff. And waited until it was dark to smuggle her inside. Um, Janice disappeared with the baby as soon as they got in the house. And Cameron took Colleen down into the basement. That's when he removed the head box. But he kept the blindfold on so she couldn't tell where she was. And he... (coughs) Excuse me. He told her to step up on an ice chest. You know? And um, then he attached her wrist cuffs to the heavy-duty hooks... That he had installed in the beam above her. Gotcha. And then he cut off her clothes and kicked the ice chest out from underneath her. So she's just hanging there naked by her wrists. Which, could you imagine how that would feel on your arm sockets? Because in my head, because I, like you, I'm a very visual thinker, so I'm playing this out. The the impact alone. Mm-hmm. I've dislocated my, uh, my shoulders oh, yeah. before and my right elbow. Yeah. So it, I know how that feels. Right, and the way she is, I can't even raise my arm even right now. Even if she's a small it would, girl, like, the yeah, impact. it would tear her rotator cuff and everything. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ, man, Cameron, you're a fucking dickhead, man. Yeah, Fuck exactly. So, um, with her hanging with her full weight from the hooks, it was excruciating, which I can imagine. And then he began to whip her with his bullwhip. Um, she screamed out, but he got so mad at her and told her, "Stop, or I'll cut your vocal cords." See, that's I've another stupid before. thing. He's already whipping her. Of course she's going to fucking scream yeah. out. Dude, she's in pain, dipshit. Yeah, you can't tell fucking somebody retard. as you're inflicting pain that they don't want to not cry, not yell out. It's just impossible for them not to do so. Um. Anyways, so, yeah, so he said, I'll cut out your vocal cords, and I've done it before. Um. She says it felt like hours, but then he pushed the... Ice chest back under her feet, and a few minutes later, she heard him and Janice having sex on the floor in front of her. Mind you, she's still blindfolded. Okay, so at some point, Janice came down, said, ooh, I like that. Let's have sex. Okay, (laughs) but in Janice's defense, I think that is a survival mechanism. I do, too. Um, I do, too. That's kind of the feeling that I, that's what I'm getting so far, by the way. No, me, too. Me, too. I'm not exonerating her. I'm just kind of getting that feeling, <laughs> given the abusive household mm-hmm. that she came from, given that she is 
super submissive and gave in to Cameron's BDSM. And I say BDSM um, loosely, very, 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 very loosely, because right. Cameron doesn't know jack shit about BDSM. Obviously, no. doesn't know a fucking thing. No. Um. So um, he's just into dominating torture. So I'm thinking that he maybe be even being with Cameron, I think, is more of a survival instinct because it's better than what she had left. Right. And like, I mean, I was talking to somebody a week or so ago and, you know, we were talking about it. And, you know, it's like if you've been abused at all, it's like it's written on your forehead. You know, it's like those who target people to abuse them can see it. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like it's like you've got this neon sign that only victimizers can see. No, and that's true. That's actually mm-hmm. um, once again when I was in college, um, I uh, we, we we did a whole thing about that. At uh, the 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 question was posed, uh, and it's a question that's actually gone on since the seventies. Why do people who've been abused end up with abusers? Mm-hmm. And I may have. Um, yeah, because it's not just the cycle. It's, you know, the cycle of violence or what's it called? I can't remember what you called it. But um, it's also because it's like written all over your face. They can see it in you. Right. So they're, And then when they start victimizing you, you don't know any different. So you accept it. It's okay. So the, the, this is twofold. Sorry, I had to reply to something on my phone. But, I know. Um, you're texting again. I'm getting the swag pack together for Michelle. Oh. But, um, because we're out of smalls, apparently. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We didn't uh, get any smalls. We didn't? Okay. No, I well, think we just got medium, large, no, large, medi- large, extra large, oh, and shit. 2X. Okay, I'm going to have to get those in the next run. Anyway, um, it's it's twofold. Number one, in I think in Janice's case, she must have come from some seriously fucked up shit. So oh, yeah. So I'm thinking there's probably some molestation involved. Oh, yeah. Um, and Serious. I and Serious I don't know yet because physical and sexual, probably emotional, psychological abuse. One hundred percent. You know, something that was very damaging all around. So she gets with Cameron, who is once again an abuser. Mm-hmm. But it may have been slightly better than what she had left. Mm-hmm. And so she's going to just go with it because she's kind of used to it. While on the surface, she's like, "I don't want to do this." It offers up an air of normality mm-hmm. and uh, and and acceptance and. We discussed this like with my violent streak mm-hmm. um, and you know, when I got help. While I didn't like being a violent person and saying horrible things, it felt good at the time. And right. to me, it offered up normality. While I knew it was wrong, it offered up a sense of normality. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. So after the two were finished having sex, Cameron took uh, Colleen down from the hooks and then he put her in a box that was located in the corner of the room and in this box she could only sit up cross-legged in it so then he put the head box back on her so the only comfortable position i mean the only position she could sit in was like crisscross applesauce which that would take its toll on your body too if you can't stretch out your legs or anything the circulation's cut off you're screwed i mean i have bad knees and if i can't stretch out my legs occasionally i'm like this hurts so the next day cameron Removed her from the box, put her on his homemade torture rack. You know, the homemade, you know, the thingy. You know, you and I have talked about him. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what they call. And he chained her wrists and ankles to the corners of it. Then he left her that way until the next day. And for the next five months, five months, he kept her naked, bound, blindfolded, and gagged down in that basement. 
five months. So then she says for the first seven to 10 days that she was kept naked, chained to the rack and wearing the head box for the remainder of that five month period, she was still naked bound and wearing the head box, but was she was kept in a coffin like box in the basement, leaving it only once a day to eat, drink, urinate and defecate. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. And she could only do that in Cameron's presence. That's, that's, I know, right? Which I have a shy bladder. If that's people that's are watching sickening. me, I can't pee. See, I've got no problem with peeing in front, in front of people because. Uh, well, see, at I home, I don't have a problem with it because I'm so claustrophobic. I don't like shutting the bathroom door. And my dogs know this. They like come running in. We, oh, have, a con- my, we have a conference every day. With my past life that I've lived in this life, you get used to peeing in front of people. You just, just fucking happens. I've got no problem with pissing in front of people at all. Yeah. Well, or taking a dump. Doesn't yeah. matter. Whenever I had to submit to a UA when I was in jail, I'd be like, dude, I don't care how much water you give me. If you're staring at me, I can't do it. So kind of like turn your head to the side or something. Don't like look me in my eyes. See, and that's that's the only time I've ever had a problem is I had to have one observed UA. It's hard, huh? And when they're sitting there and I'm like, look, can you just turn away? No, unfortunately, we can't because the guidelines right here say that I have to physically watch you. I'm like... Frisk me. I don't have fake pee on me or yeah. anything. Well, and I'm, I always told him, I, you know, I said, okay, you saw me sitting here, you know, because we peed in a hat. I said, my arms, my hands are up here. Just kind of turn your head to the side. I don't care if you look at me through your peripheral. Just don't stare in my eyes because that weirds me out. Um, so anyways, during that time, he regularly practice his bondage on her he would suspend her from the rafters he would constrict her breathing he would whip her can we change the wording on that like seriously because bondage and i like i said bondage and bdsm We're, okay so he different. kept her bound he fucking practiced his sick twisted cruelty on right her. He, this is not his fucking torture BDSM. His sex torture yeah this is not bdsm this is not bondage mm-hmm. this is a sick fuck who's saying hey this is bdsm no, no, it isn't. It is. Yeah. It's far fucking from it. It's cruelty and it's pain giving to an unwilling participant. Exactly. She had no say. I'm sorry. I, I get passionate about this because no, I, I know. I love kink. Me too. Fucking love it when it's between two consenting, consenting adults. adults. Yeah. What I don't like is why in the fuck is there a van parked in my fucking driveway? I think it's the cops. My ride it's is here. It's a fluid truck. That's what it says. Fluid. Fluid truck share. Oh, okay. Anyways. I don't know what the fuck they're delivering. Squirrel. Okay. Squirrel. It's fucking squirrel. That's what the fuck that is. Yeah. So. Oh, apparently I ordered something. Just keep talking. Oh, anyways. So, like I said, he kept her suspended from the raptors. He would constrict her breathing. So he did the erotic, you know, asphyxia. He whipped her. He kept her head encased in a box. He tied her to the rack. He shocked her with electrical cords. And he burned her vaginal area, her pubic area, with a heat lamp. Then he would immerse her in the bathtub until she was unable to breathe. She once estimated that he hung her and whipped her 90 to 100 times in that first six months. See, and that's what I'm saying. That is not 
fuck you. No, it's torture. I, I'm really trying not to get pissed. I know. It's I tried, torture. I try to keep everything light and friendly and funny. That's not fucking BDSM. No, it's that torture. Is not. And if you're out there and you think that for a second, that's bondage or BDSM, uh-uh. you can fuck yourself. Because you make people like me look bad. Yeah, totally. So in October of 1977, he had built a triangular-shaped box that fit underneath the stairs. Um, this was a, quote, workshop for her to live in. And until they moved from the Oak Street house in April of 1978, she spent her days chained and locked inside the workshop and her nights doing housework or submitting to his, his torture practices. How's that word? Instead of bondage. That worked. Thank okay. you. Because, I, like I said, yeah. I, I, I don't get offended about much. I know. I get offended at that only because people go, see, those sickos who like to be tied up and spanked if they use a flogger or anything like that, they're sick and they're just torturing people and hurting. No, we're not. This piece of crap is. Yeah. But we're not. Yeah. No, not at all. So on January 25th, 1978... Cameron told Colleen, and this is what interested me about this case, that he was a member of a powerful secret organization known only as, quote, the company. According to him, the company had members in all areas of life. They had them in government, industry, law enforcement, and courts. Okay? This company enslaved women for the purpose of their own fun and profit. Then they used high-tech surveillance to track them at all times to make sure they weren't able to escape or inform the public, okay? If they tried to do any of those things, the company would retaliate against them and their relatives, okay? So he then presented her with a full-fledged Slave contract. This granting Michael Powers, which is what he called himself, absolute control over her body, soul, and any possession she might gain while he had her. This contract was signed by Cameron. What the? Oh, and Colleen, who had absolutely no choice to sign it, and by Janice, who named herself in the contract as Janice Powers. Now, as there And she was the witness on this. So that document, Colleen was given the slave name Kay. After she signed this contract, Colleen was to address Cameron at all times as master or sir. And she had to call Janice ma'am. Okay. He also required Colleen to always kneel and bow her head. And she had to ask him permission to do anything And then he placed a collar around her neck as a symbol of her slavery. Eventually, this collar and another one that had worn out, Cameron replaced them with an earring that he pierced through her right labia. Yeah. And no fucking words. No, me neither. No, no. I'm I'm really trying not to get pissed. Yeah, don't get mad at me. No, no, I'm not not mad at you. I just. (laughs) I know. this guy, honestly, and like I said, I don't get offended very, offended very easy. This guy offends me because he gives those who have kink. Oh, you're going to get really offended by the end of this. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I have to go hit the bathroom, so I'll be listening to you from there. Of course you are. You so, always walk away in text when I'm presenting. Here's the reason. I'm having like 
internal problems. See, I don't walk away or text when you're talking. Um, I'm working with somebody who is a client, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you say. So on April 28th of 1978, uh, Janice and Cameron moved out of the house and into a mobile home on Pershing Road. And this oh, they could was have moved right next to fucking uh, the toy box killer. Yeah. That, 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 that's Only a... he was in uh, freaking uh, Nevada. No, he was in uh, uh, New Mexico. Oh, New Mexico. Elephant, You're right. Elephant Butte, New Mexico. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. <clears throat> Anyways, so this was actually a much a more rural location, and they didn't have a basement to keep her in. So that's when Cameron built another box. And this one, again, was about the same size as a coffin. But the new box allowed Colleen to lie down. And then this box was placed underneath their waterbed. Despite the air holes that he had drilled into this box, in the summer, it reached over 100 degrees inside there. So I could imagine what she felt like. She was allowed to have a bedpan and some toilet paper in there, but nothing more. Um, Janice then gave birth to their second child in the bed with Colleen in the box underneath it. And every time Colleen would climb outside of the box, a photograph of Marie Elizabeth, um, was looking back at her propped up against the side of the box, which happened to be one of Cameron's trophies. Um, in 1981, she was allowed more freedoms. Um, she was no longer required to sleep in the box. She was actually allowed to sleep in the back bathroom, but she was still chained to the toilet. She was also allowed out for morning jogs, which Cameron had to, you know, accompany her on. And on one occasion, she even was allowed to go out to a bar with Janice during those times of freedom is what she began to call them she began to build a relationship with the two children who only knew her as Kay, and then she would frequently babysit the children during her capture so later that same year in 1981 colleen convinced cameron to let her call her family now he told her that he would also arrange a visit for her to see her family, but it would take some time because he had to convince the company that she wouldn't alert them of her capture. In March of 1981, um, she was granted access to her family visit, oh, to finally visit her family, and she presented Cameron as her fiancé. While the family, her family suspected that she was active in a cult due to the absence of communication over the years, lack of money, and holy appearance, they didn't even press the issue because they didn't want her to distance herself and disappear again. So following that visit, Colleen was placed back in the box under the bed, which the couple still slept in. Um, since she had been free for over a year, she assumed she had she would not be placed there again. However, she would be held there for three years that time, which is the longest period she'd been confined to the box. When asked about her disappearance, Cameron explained to the children and her neighbor and their neighbors that Kay simply went back home. Colleen spent 23 hours a day in this box, same as before, and she would only be let out to eat or be tortured by Cameron. So basically, she was in solitary confinement. 
Um, finally, in 1983, Cameron reintroduced her to the children and the neighbors, claiming that she had just chose to return. He forced her to get a job to pay for fines um, charged to that he said he was being charged from the company. So Colleen secured a job at King's Lodge as a maid and befriended the hiring manager. However, she was still afraid of the company. She never disclosed that much information, but her manager did find that the situation she was in with Hooker or Cameron to be very odd. Um, Colleen explained that she lived with them and that Janice was like her sister and the true details of her kidnapping had never been revealed to her employer. Over the years that she spent in prison, uh, imprisoned, Janice and Colleen had a varied relationship. Um, early on in the captivity, Janice was jealous of her and the attention she received from Cameron. However, by this time, many years later, they had actually formed a friendship that had initiated over bonding about the Bible, which they would often read together. Janice and Colleen would find a shared connection to the biblical story of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. And for those who don't know the story, um, Abraham and Sarah were not, they were a married couple who weren't able to conceive a child. So Sarah told Abraham that he could use her maid Hagar to have a baby. And while the three of them lived together peacefully, Janice actually leaned into the story and referred to herself as Sarah and Colleen as Hagar. In fact, it was Colleen's deep faith that got her through this ordeal. She prayed several times a day that God would help her be strong and survive to see her family again. And she later said, God promised me that I would be free. And I held on to that promise. Um, Janice herself obviously had been tortured, brainwashed and abused by Cameron over the years. She later said that she could only survive this relationship with her husband by engaging in denial and compartmentalization, which I understand because I myself have, I mean, I've never been in that extreme of a circumstance, but going through the abuse I did as a child, I learned how to compartmentalize. Um, so at some point, Janice actually began to humanize Colleen and was starting to struggle with her within herself about over the entire situation. Um, in August in 1984, Janice went to Colleen's work to visit her and told her that the company didn't actually exist, um, that she was not being watched by anyone and so Colleen went home with Janice one last time. The following day when she was at work, she called her father and said, please send me some money for Best Fair Home. That phone call was the one her father had always hoped he would receive one day. And the whole family was happy. Um, after she hung up the phone from her father, she made one final call to... Uh, and this one was to Cameron, actually. And she told him that she knew he was lying about everything he had told her. And she was leaving. And he could no longer keep her captive. Um, once, Janet, once Colleen 
was finally reunited with her family, she told them what happened to her and how she'd been held prisoner for the last seven years. And they actually encouraged her to go to the police. But she told them no. And the reason why she said no was because before she left, Janice pled with her not to alert the authority because she truly believed that she would be able to change Cameron and his behavior and that they owed him a chance to be a better man, which I'm sorry they didn't owe that man jack freaking shit. Um, so Colleen, Colleen, for a short while, kept her word. She stayed in contact with Janice, and then approximately three months later, Janice came to the realization that Cameron would never change and asked Colleen to call the, the police on him. So when Janice reported her husband, she also, when Colleen, oh wait, oh no, when Janice was talked, was reported her husband, she also told them about how he had kidnapped, tortured, and murdered Mary Elizabeth Spanicky. And, um, after except, you know, after she accepted a ride from him and the body had never been found and Cameron was never charged with her murder. He was though charged with eight felony counts of rape, sodomy, kidnapping, and forced oral copulation. In exchange for immunity, Janice testified against him and the abuse he inflicted on her. Good. Yes. Which. And then Colleen actually testified in court as well. She testified about the years of sustained trauma. The defense actually tried to use Colleen's compliance against her, stating that the rape should not be considered criminal, as Cameron said she chose to stay there. They had a psychiatrist argue that the abuse inflicted by him was not much different than Marine recruit drills. I'm sorry. I don't know any Marine recruiter that does that shit. No. That, no. That, that is a... <laughs> That's a negative female inmate. <laughs> that is a... Yeah. <laughs> so, check this out, though. The judge actually, actually stopped the psychiatrist in the middle of his testimony and said she was not a willing participant despite... What you intend the jury to believe, which I think is kind of funny because the judge is not supposed to say that shit, right? I know, right? So Cameron tried to convince the jury that Colleen had fallen in love with him and stayed on her own volition. He claimed that the sex they had was consensual, but the jury said, eh, ain't having it. Can we run a fucking coat hanger down his pee hole? Oh, please. Can we introduce him to Donald Harvey? That's exactly what I was thinking. Donald's no longer alive, but you know what? We could find somebody else. So he claimed, like I said, he claimed, my sister-in-law's calling me. Oh, well, don't like her. Maybe I'll like her. Wait a minute, is she the pregnant Asian? No. Oh. (laughs) No. The judge stated that Cameron was actually the worst psychopath that I'm quoting here, the worst psychopath I have ever dealt with and sentenced him to 104 years in prison. Colleen Stan's ordeal resulted in an unprecedented trial. 
There had never been anything like it in the history of the state of California. And then when it was over, the judge actually turned to the jury and said, thank you for your service on this case. Okay. Now, Janice has since adopted a new identity, and so has Colleen. Colleen suffers to this day from chronic pain in her shoulders and back, which is a direct result of the confinement, Mm -hmm. which I totally understand. Yeah. And she underwent many years of therapy, but she does now have a family of her own. Unfortunately, she did have a number of broken relationships, but remains resilient and actively helps others. She has worked with a charity for abused women, and she is very vocal about her opposition to him being released. Despite an appeal, Cameron remains in prison. He did apply for parole under California's elderly parole program, which is probably their, um, what's it called? Uh, I can't remember something release, Um, but he was denied and and he was denied in 2015. And at his 2015 hearing, Colleen said that she wasn't convinced he'd be he wouldn't be able to do it again. She wasn't convinced he wouldn't be able to do it again. Right. So despite how old he is, it's called the compassionate release. Despite how old he is, she does not believe that he wouldn't go out and try it all over again no matter how weak and feeble and in diapers he was. So in the years since, she's had a daughter and has done her best to move on. On August 10th, the day she escaped them, she and her family went to the beach to celebrate with a party, and then she wrote a book in 2009 about her experience called The Simple Gifts of Life. Now, his case has reached a probable cause hearing. This will determine if there's enough evidence to take the case to trial and the hearing, which it could last two days. It was supposed to begin on March 1st of this year. However, which is really ironic because I chose this case and then my researcher goes, I can't believe you chose this case. Did you know about this? I'm like, "Uh, no, but that is epic. I'm still off for running a code hearing down as people. I'm not even joking. Me too. So it was supposed to be held on March 1st, and it was to determine if there was enough evidence to continue the case, which could label him a sexually violent predator. If there's enough evidence, he'll go on trial for that, and if he's found guilty, he would remain in jail and be forced to receive mental health treatment. If he's found not guilty he could possibly be paroled under certain conditions, such as wearing an ankle monitor. However. No, no. I know. No, I don't fucking trust this asshole no, with an ankle neither. monitor. Not at all. And I don't even think that they should take it to trial. You know what this motherfucker needs? Seriously, he needs a bullet in the head. That's he does. That's, that's what this piece you of know crap what? needs. He. <sighs> I said, I'm over here trying to I'm not to even going to try to put this nicely. He, to me, is the equivalent of William Bonham with those children. Yeah, no, exactly. That's exactly who yeah. I was thinking about. Yeah, equivalent. Yeah, and just... freaking Norris and Bitteker with their torture of those girls and saying that they were consenting and that they were just screaming because I... they were role playing. There's two things I always try to do for all of our podcasts. Number one, put a funny twist on everything, and to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. You oh know? yeah, totally. I hate cases like this where I'm so enraged. 
Right. Because I try to be a very happy person. Oh, no. This guy here is under my skin. I just, I, honest to God, would love to torture him. Oh, yeah. I I know. I would love to bring out all my anger and all my natural aggression. Should we find out where he's at and see if we have any connections down there? (laughs) A few phone calls. I know. So, as of today, though, his probable cause hearing was pushed back to March 18th. And my research is actually following it very closely to see what happens so we can give updates if anything, you know. And as she said, because I think I might flip my lid if he's released. I would not only flip my lid. Um, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I would be a one-woman hitman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, because to me, that, I mean, I just don't understand with the number of consenting adults out there for different things why would you feel then well i think it's the dominance the dominance and control because with a consenting adult you don't have that you know what i mean i think it's small man syndrome okay oh, that's be. what i think is i think that he is you a think very he's got a little tiny pecker yeah like you know and, and and he wants to feel like he's in control of everything when in reality he isn't that's, it shows so much weakness. It almost makes me wonder if he was abused growing up and then turned that abuse on others. Well, very you well know what I mean? Be, yeah. The victim becomes the victimizer. Yeah, that happens quite a bit. But still, there's just there's absolutely no reason for it. Zero fucking reason. There's your dog. Yeah, telling off the dogs next door. I just ignore her now. I don't give a shit. I know. Because she eventually, I mean, she stops after a minute anyways. But. Yeah. He, she goes out there. She's pissed off. And... Uh, you know, and then she comes back in like, hey, I told them off next door. Man, no, yeah, you did. That's great. <laughs> yeah, you did, big girl. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Daddy's proud. <laughs> she'll go out and tell them off again. They come back. See what I did? I told off the dogs next door again. No, uh, no, I know you did. It's it's fine. It was so funny when I came in today, right? As soon as I opened the door, she kind of looked at me and everything. I said, hey, baby, I'll be right back. Let me go park the car. And then when I came back in, she was standing on the arm of the couch. And she came over. I mean, she kind of leaned towards me. So I went to pet her. And she just laid her head on my chest. It was so cute. She does that to me when I come home after my overnights. Yeah. She runs up, jumps She's in my lap. So cute. She is. This was she quit chewing on her fucking tail. I know. Well, I had a dachshund. I should show you pictures of him. His whole belly and air and his legs were bare because he chewed himself up because he had food allergies but yeah so that's that story and hopefully we'll have some updates in the future and hopefully he's denied everything yeah i've got nothing else to say about this motherfucker yeah me neither i mean i'm glad that janice was given immunity because i believe she too was a victim worst fucking episode we've done right here no it wasn't it it is i just I'm i'm so filled with rage carla hamolka Marginally close. <laughs> no, I'm more pissed off at this guy than yeah. I even at Hermolka. Because while her, while Carla Hermolka, who honestly should be in a prison cell right now, um, while yeah, she she's manipulated garbage, the system. This guy here, this guy affects me directly mm-hmm. because when people hear about his case, you know, and then they mention BDSM and bondage, mm-hmm. you know, it makes everybody else who has any kink at all look totally. bad. You know, even if it's something simple like, like, uh, you know, I've got some of my friends that like to wear women's negligees while they're having sex with their wives or girlfriends. Weird shit, right? Not my dealio. He said friends, but we all know he's telling the truth. It's him. I hate you so much sometimes. I have a picture of you with my bra on your head. Shut up. Yeah, it was on my head. It was on my tits. Only because it hadn't made it there yet. Oh, my God. Whatever. I'm just kidding, people. It makes everybody, everybody who has any kind of a kink look bad. It does. 
and it does, and we get back into that stigma. And it's it's all about shaming, though. I mean, because you know, it's all about shaming people. And yes, there are bad people out there. This is a case that proves that one hundred percent. But not everybody is bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's really. I mean, like I said, we have such a like a. It, here in America, especially, and I always bring this up because I've seen in other countries where they don't have that, we are taught to be ashamed of our bodies and our sexuality and everything else. I agree. Everything yeah. we, everything about that is taboo and shameful. Correct. You know, and no, embrace it. We are all human. We are all meant to have pleasure from sex, period. Unless you're this guy here. Unless oh, no, you're Cameron. That, he should have his dick chopped off. Cameron Hooker, you shouldn't be able to have pleasure from apps. You shouldn't even have pleasure from food, to be honest. No, they should, you know, just chop off his dick and use it to butt rape him. I oh, no, I wouldn't even say that. I would torture him. i say staple oh, yeah. his nuts. Staple him to a fucking chair. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he fucking burnt her Vagina. vaginal area That's with a fucked heat lamp up. and, like, electrocuted her with cords. It's like, dude... What the fuck? <coughs> this guy's true garbage. Yeah, That's... I mean, I could. I mean, I understand why she had some broken relationships. Yeah, totally. You can't you trust think? anybody. Yeah, at that point. I mean, but... after going through something like that, anything that a, that a future relationship has to offer can be can, taken in as suspect. You know, like oh, totally. Somebody can say, "Hey, I'm going to go and buy a new lamp and plug it into the wall." No, oh my god, he's going to fucking electrocute me. Yeah. That's what he's going to do. What's he going to do with the old lamp? I mean that shit because yeah. it's it's extreme. That's PTSD at its finest. Well, yeah, and that's. I mean, and that's just. I mean, that's the extreme level. I can go to the lesser level. Is that when you're with somebody and they have an affair, you don't have that trust anymore with anybody you get with. You're constantly thinking, "Oh, they're out screwing around." Oh yeah, totally. So I could imagine how she felt. It's like every man is, you know, going to hurt her. Right. You know, and it's like at that point, it's like I don't even want sex. I don't like sex. I can't enjoy sex because I'm afraid you're going to hurt me. Yeah, so, exactly. So, yeah. So, that's the end of this one. And, um, like I said, it just was, I was like, whoa, when I read it. Totally, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. And then he was like, whoa. <laughs> and then he was like, whoa. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. <laughs> Dude, you blew chunks. <laughs> I remember you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com Check out the website at www.TwistedBlueLLC.com I smell bacon Yeah, he's okay. cooking up some bacon because he was a pig And he ate like three pounds of bacon yesterday that he cooked up Which was awesome um, <laughs> I could eat three pounds of bacon in day two Died um, <laughs> Check us out on Medium, Grindbeat on Medium And wherever you get your blogs from Just put in at Brutal Nation, we should pop right up because we are fabulous. No, and I'm fabulous. She's all right for a Sasquatch. Let's see what else. Check out our Patreon page. Uh, I hate you. Well, there's some other shit we got going on. I just can't remember. Anyway, this show's copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.